0: G'day ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to podcast number 18. It's always nice to chat to you guys and today it's gonna be special. Well, what's special about this one? Today we're actually talking about skill development for a salesperson and for an entrepreneur. Previously on this channel, I've actually posted a small little, like a podcast and we were speaking about good versus bad questions. Uh, And so what I've actually done is I've broken this down into a way more extensive clip of the good versus bad questions, it's speaking about the difference between open versus closed, and why that techniques are not working, as well as teaching you the way to never get rejected ever when you're doing cold calling or negotiating with clients. I think this is such a valuable lesson because it was applied practically within one of my clients' boardrooms with their staff, and they were just blown out of the water with the session. So, without delaying any more, here is session number eighteen: How to actually ask the perfect questions without getting rejected. So the number one thing that the sh- agents are strong with, you're ge- you're born in the home, and then your mom has a little pie chart, and then she says, listen here, what color is this? And then you say, it is, it's green. And your mom says, well done. Here's a cookie or here's a golden star. That carries on to preschool, carries on to high school, carries on sometimes to university. So by nature of what we are in Western societies, is we are taught that when somebody asks you a question, you answer the question. But that is detrimental to the ability to sell because a great salesperson ultimately do not want to answer questions. You do not want to satisfy the need because then you aren't needed anymore. Great salespeople understand that if you want to keep the conversation going, you've got to answer the question with a question. Now, there's two types of questions. Now, for our lives... People have taught you open versus closed ended questions, and I got taught those kind of questions by amazing coaches out there also. And then I realized why am I studying all this open versus open, of open versus closed ended questions, but I'm still getting destroyed. I'm getting rejected. I'm getting chased away. And like clicked because it actually doesn't work. So we shouldn't think open versus closed ended questions. We should be thinking good and bad questions. Now let's stop there for a second. So I'm jumping in constantly through this podcast to give you guys tips that you might have missed for a second. Since birth, you've been trained to answer questions, but great salespeople are trained to ask questions. When I started my sales career, everybody taught me, you know, ask open versus closed ended questions, but I got rejected. So what really is needed is not open versus closed ended questions, but what you really need to work on is actually your ability to ask a good. Versus a bad question. And now we're going to break it open and show you the difference. So that's very important for you. Okay. So what's the difference? An open and a closed question, both of them, can still end with yes and no's. Which may not get rejected. So what I'm trying to always explain to people is you've got to have good questions and bad questions in sales. That is the thing you have to master. The greatest salespeople spend hours and hours mastering the craft of asking the perfect question because a perfect question once can unlock a sale easily. Okay, now both a good question and a bad question have got negativities and positivities. So what we're going to start with is we're going to start with some of the most horrific questions there is. Now horrific questions is something you probably asked a million times. But you always have to understand, a horrific question has got two problems to it. So I want you to write it down. A horrific question or a bad question has got two problems or two things will happen from it. The first one is it ends with a yes and a no. Ultimately, that's the worst thing you can have because 50% of that, you're actually not making money. Okay, so here we are getting into the meat of it. When I started my sales career, and I had a sales manager, and I had guys that taught me sales, you know, way older than I was, and then they used to sit down and say, you know, Faf, if you get seven yeses, then you're going to definitely sell a product. And so many times when I open up a sales book, it says the same concept. If you get seven yeses, then you are closer to getting a sale. But this is actually so flawed, it is crazy. For one reason. For every question that you ask, that you can get a yes. The customer ultimately or the person you are negotiating ultimately can also tell you no. Which means you only have a 50-50 shot. If you are constantly asking questions with which ends in a yes or a no, you are standing a chance to get rejected constantly. And what's gonna happen is ultimately you're gonna lose so much money that you think sales or sales tips and tricks and training doesn't work because you're applying a bad principle it's an old principle but a bad principle to your sales career so Francho what is a bad question? well in the next section we can actually listen to some bad questions that people ask and the questions that's getting your sales and your entrepreneurial spirit destroyed let's jump back in the second thing that happens with bad questions is you're starting to irritate people and the worst thing you want to do when you're trying to make a sale, book an appointment, get a listing, you know, um, convince somebody else to do something, is irritate them. Okay, so that is the negativities of a bad question. I'll tell you the positivity about it. Like, there's a positive thing about a bad question. Now, then, there's good questions. Good questions ultimately encourages your client to speak to you so it gets the conversation started and secondly it generates information 99 percent of the times that anybody out there gets rejected is because they didn't have enough information of the client or the situation that's happening in front of them so i'm doing business with let's say steve And Steve says to me, oh, y'all, bro, I'm not interested right now in this product. Then technically, Steve is. He just doesn't know or have given me enough information about why he doesn't like it. So great questions will unlock it so they can actually tell me. Great questions. Okay, so let's start with bad questions and explain to you some of the bad questions that I'm hearing you guys are often asking in your own presentations, on the phone, or maybe even in the email or WhatsApp so a bad question can actually be used in media also and i see it quite often so the first bad question right probably one of the biggest ones is the word can okay a question like can i see you can i give you a better price can i give you a quote can um, i make your offer can you come down with price what does all those questions end with well Yeah, basically I'm asking permission. Which means I am no longer in... I'm not in control of the sale. So a a question that's bad eliminates you as controller or the driver of the sale. It basically puts you in the passenger seat and you're just holding on for dear life. Hopefully we're getting there. So that is what happens a lot. So you do a whole amazing presentation or you have got the best product out there and the first question is like, hey, can I see you? The customer's like, oh yeah, sorry, I'm busy. But... You just gave him permission to give you a rejection. So, can is a horrific question. It ends with a yes and a no, and I can't control the outcome of a can. I'm not in the driver's seat anymore. Next one, do. Do you want to see me? Do you want to um, make an offer? Do you want me to come deliver it? Do you want me to show you it? Do you want me to come, you know, have a coffee? Once again, am I in the driving seat, or who's giving me the answers? How many times do you use D Oh, do? Yeah. Okay. Next one. Is. Is this for you? Is this how you want to do it? Is it available? Is it not available? So ease is one of those questions. How many times do you guys use that one? Very often. Very often. Okay. So it's another horrific way for you to get rejected without even knowing. And it slips in. Mm. Uh Right? Oh, yeah, dude, I don't like this color. Okay, um, is there something we can do about it? So now you would think it's a nice courteous question, you know, but actually it's horrific because you just took out all control of the sale and you put it in the customer's hands. Okay, or, are you at home? Are you interested? Are you looking at maybe selling this? Are you looking at listing this? Are you looking maybe at shipping this? Are you in the market to give it to us? You know, um, are you open to any better offers? What happens? Kicked in the teeth. Instantly. How many times are you asking that question? It's a game changer. Okay? Now the brother and sister. Would and could. Would it be able? Would you be willing? Would you be looking at that? See, once I ask the question, I am taking control away from myself. I'm giving it over to the client or the person I'm trying to negotiate. And then they ultimately have the, the whole ability to they can school me whatever they want I'm basically now in the passenger sheet holding onto the safety belt and saying let's try to get to the destination okay? could the same could, this, um, could, you, uh, could you see me next week um, could I possibly make you a better offer you know um, another one It's one of the last ones um, will okay so will, will you be at home will you be able to do this uh, will it be able if I can deliver this for you? Um, will you be looking at this place? Will you be looking at another place? Will you be looking at us as a brand? Another horrific question. Okay, so as you can see right from the start, just this week, how many of those questions have you guys actually used? It's <laughs> not naturally. Do you know what? It's not naturally, it's because you've been coached your whole life to ask those questions. You've been coached by your mom, your dad, your parents, your uncles, your school to ask bad questions. Because school cannot develop entrepreneurs. School as a system develops followers. Because everybody has to do the same thing, in the same way, so they can't have individuals. So let's break it down for you this way. Currently we're speaking about bad questions. Bad questions, as you just heard, is the easiest way for a salesperson to get rejected as well as a negotiation to go kind of sideways. Bad questions creates a system where it's a 50-50 answer, either yes or no, and 50% of that answer is where the salesperson is getting rejected. The questions you never want to use when actually negotiating or going out there and trying to cold call or develop your business are, first of all, can. Is may will would could are and do those are the bad horrific questions that actually puts you in the position where you are going to get schooled by your clients now and again it'll happen that instead of the customer saying no they say yes so you're asking a great question like you know can i come see you and the customer says yes just realize What you just did is you made that appointment on luck and not on skill the customer could have said no if you ask somebody to invest in a product or service sometimes they're going to say yes but that means it was just your lucky day that they said yes they maybe have uh, have a need for your product or service and it was the right time at the right place but ultimately you could have also gotten the answer of no and then it would have gone sideways so Try to constantly work on your bad questions and eliminate them out of your speeches unless you apply them to alternative clothes, which we'll be speaking later to in this podcast. Okay, so we're at the stage now where you are now concentrating on not to ask bad questions to get rejected. Now, the next step is you have to find out what is good questions and how they actually pertain to the presentations or the negotiations, which you are applying to your clients to make some money. Let's chat about some good questions. Okay, so what I'm constantly doing is, when I am in a negotiation, when you want to actually get your customer ready to negotiate him, you've gotta start with good questions. So there's five of them, okay. First one is, who, okay? So if I ask a question like, let um, instead of asking, can I come see you tonight? I'd rather say, hey Tamagli, who is at home tonight? So all of a sudden, the can, which can end in a yes and a no, and you change it to a who is at home tonight, now you've got information. Now knowledge is? There we go. Sometimes you guys are just like ESCOM. Okay? You're not getting that knowledge. (laughs) So we've got to work. We've got to work at that. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. So who? Who will be at home? Who will be putting in the offer? Who will be installing it? Who will be driving it? Who will be living in it? You know, who will be paying for it? Those are great questions to ask in presentations because it is no yes, no answer. They've got to add information to you. So I'm constantly spending most of my time asking great questions. Okay. Now, second one. What? Here we go. What do you want? What do you want me to do? Uh, um, what is the price that you usually pay for? it? Um, what? time can I be there? What time can I deliver there? You know, these are all great questions because ultimately it doesn't create a yes-no scenario and you're still driving the car. Okay, so it's who, what. Next one is where. Instead of saying something like, um, are you at home tonight? I'd rather say, listen where can I meet you for a coffee? No? Or are you interested, Steve, in this product? Uh, and rather say, Steve, tell me where in the house would you actually put this product? See, that's a great question. Now the customer is starting to think, they have to envision, they're picturing your product or your service or your property or your car or whatever, you're thinking about that and you're putting it into your home and as soon as they envision it in the home, the sale is already 60% made because they actually own it mentally already. So where is a very good question. Okay. Now, one of my favorite objection killers and a great question is how? I love this question. How would that work? How would you do it? How do you want to pay? Right? Not, do you want to put in an offer? Do you want to, you know, do you want it? Tell me, Steve, uh, Ash, how do you want to pay? Okay? But how can it also be how far, how near, how big, how small? So you can have variations of how. Okay? Um, Yeah, brew. I don't like this. Okay, cool. How would you change it? By asking questions like that, you're putting the pressure on the client. Because if you, now this is the big thing. When a customer gives an objection, you've been taught since birth to do what? Give an answer, what? Right? So they will say, hey Steve, listen here, yeah, I don't like this color. And then Steve's been programmed since birth to say what? No, we can change it. We can do this. We can do that. Now that puts pressure on me as a salesperson to answer his question. I've got to become a Wikipedia. But a great thing to do in sales is to answer his question with a great question. So if you say now to me, listen uh, I don't like, at the moment, I don't like the color. A great question, like, cool, what color would you like it? What color would you make it? What color would you, would you like me to deliver it in? So I always say, no matter which product or service you sell in the world, if you start off with the basics, understanding your questioning, then if you're selling real estate, if you're selling cars, if you're selling hot dogs, Clothing, glasses, rollerblades, I don't care what you sell. If you have your good and bad questions unlocked, dude, it's insane. You don't need the spec sheet. You literally have to read the spec sheet if you know good versus bad questioning. You just have to read the spec sheet for 10 minutes, you can sell any product in the world. Because you don't need the information to sell something. You need the information of the person you're negotiating. I'm just going to stop there for a second, okay, before we go on. As you guys are currently seeing already on this podcast and listening to all around the world, bad questions put you in a situation where you basically are running out of info, you've got yes-no scenarios, and there's constantly pressure on yourself. Good questions, the who, what, where, how, and why questions, those questions actually develop information. That information gives you the power to negotiate better. And what a lot of guys don't actually realize Is that the system that salespeople are currently being coached, product knowledge, product knowledge, market knowledge, is such an outdated system. Currently, your client has got access to all the information you already have on his cell phone, on his computer. So you cannot in 2021 right now, or in this time and age where we are, sell a client just on product knowledge and market knowledge. You've got to actually gain knowledge about what he knows and encounter that knowledge With all of the techniques of good versus bad questioning that you've been taught in proper sales training. Let's finish off with the last one of good questions quickly before we go to the next level. Okay, so it's who, what, where, how, and the last one is why. Why can be why, why not, you know, it's one of those things. Okay, so um, why are you saying that? Why don't you want to invest today? Uh, That's one thing salespeople are so scared to say. Oh yeah, bro, I'm not interested. Like a man, why not? Because where's all the pressure now? If I tell you I'm not interested, how much pressure is on you? It's a lot of pressure, right? So the salesperson all of a sudden starts crying, their knees buckle, they found the manager this is not for me anymore. It's tough being in sales. All you have to do is just ask guy, why not? Why not? Do you want to go on a date? No, why not? See, all the pressure is on them. Do you want to make me some coffee? No. Why not? Okay? That's easy. Why not? If you asked a bad question, which you shouldn't, and you got rejected, at least counter it with why. Why is your backup joker card you played all the time? It's your plus four in UNO. No matter what happens, throw the plus four. So if you're getting rejected, oh yeah, bro, it's COVID. Okay? So why is that a problem? I want to wait to the 15th. Why? Oh, yeah, we might look at it next year. Why? Why is your plus four? When in doubt, throw the plus four. So that'll always get me, because it gives me also three or four, five seconds to think of a better comeback. Why makes them, because they're not used to people asking why. It's a confrontational question, but I like it. Okay. So those are your five good questions. Who, what, where, how, and why. Now, here's the negative side. If you ask good questions too much, what's gonna happen you are gonna irritate people okay that's the last thing as a salesperson so you've got to work on your timing and higher stuff now that you got some fundamentals about good and bad questions let's bump it up one more level and let's actually teach you the first and most basic closing system there is to negotiating any client for any service or product so this is how alternative close works okay remember we have good questions the ones we just did And that generates information. If I ask a bad question, what do I generate? A yes or a no. So to counter this, I take my eight bad questions. The are, if, could, would, do, will, and is. Those are my bad questions, right? I take those questions and I add one word to them. And that word is or. Or so I can say to Steve Steve dude uh, do you uh, are you at home tonight now Steve has got one or two choices what's his choices yes or no so am I in control No. no but if I add an or to that sentence Steve are you at home tonight or will tomorrow morning be better see now Steve has got a problem because everybody's brains are slow And what I'm doing is psychologically, is creating the lesser of evils for him. He's now not choosing between yes and no, he's choosing between two evils, it's still evil, but ultimately I control the evils. Listen here, do you like this car in red? Your answer can be? Or? Because it's yes or no. If I say, listen, do you want this car in red or is blue better? See, now you're not thinking pink, you're not thinking yellow, the brain is too slow. So if I'm making an appointment, I always go to an alternative clothes. And alternative clothes is defined by asking a bad question and adding or. So listen here. Um, would it be possible if I can visit you tomorrow morning at eleven o'clock? What is her answer? Yes or? So I'm out control? No control. Whatever said, listen here. Would it be possible for me to visit you tomorrow morning at eleven o'clock? Or do you think three o'clock will be better? Now I am in control, still in the driver's seat. So, the, the positive thing about a negative question is you can close on that. You can close a deal, but you can only close a deal if you use an alternative choice, which is an or. So, what I do in a sales presentation is I usually start off with who, what, where, how, why. And then I see who bites. Who's biting on who? Who's bang on what? What color do you like? Where do you want to live? Uh, What do you want to drive? What do you want to eat? Now the customer is going to be interested in one of those questions. I keep asking till he bites. Now when he bites, I go to alternative clothes. So if I say to Steve, Steve, tell me quickly, in uh, which suburb do you want to live? See, good question. Why? Because the pressure is now on. Steve, and he's got to think. So which suburb do you want to live? Broad Acres. Broad Acres. Lucky man. Love it. Tell me, do you want to live more at the bottom side of it or more in the security complexes? Secure, close to the school. Now see, Steve is thinking he's making choices. But I have just manipulated his choices to suit me. Because I gave him the choices. But he thinks he chose. I wasn't in control since the start. Now, there's one word I have not mentioned yet. Once Steve chooses something from an alternative choice you've got to ask the next question when? and then marry that to alternative clothes so if I ask you so listen here um, um, what kind of food do you like? steak or seafood? seafood see but you think you chose right? Mm -hmm. but you didn't I manipulated the thought process by giving her two choices she just chose the lesser of evils Seafood, okay now, what do I have to ask? So when would you like to go you have it this afternoon or tomorrow morning? Okay, like, let's go See once she bites an alternative clothes one of the choices you follow it up with a when With an alternative clothes with time slots, but very specific time slots that you control So it's very important for you that when you do a presentation sell something. Oh, you ask, you I've got this big TV right do you want them in 49 inch or 58? See, if I asked Steve, what size TV do you want? Steve could have told me, I'm just looking, i no, just not really right now. Maybe a big one, maybe a small one. So me as the salesperson or the negotiator, I'm on the back foot all the whole time. I'm not driving it. But I said, Listen, Steve, these TVs are amazing. They come out in 41 and 58. Which one do you want in your house? See what I did? Ask him some good questions, got him to acknowledge it somewhere in his house, and then ask him when with an alternative close. Okay, so that's where we are today. Great questioning is the ability to unlock a sale so fast it's crazy. If you are going to ask bad questions, that's the setup for rejection constantly. If you're not getting set up or you're not getting rejected at least, then all you did is you based your whole sale or your negotiation on luck. And that is probably one of the worst things you can ever do. So this podcast was designed for you as a training aid. Okay, if you have listened to the whole podcast, make sure to understand that you have to re-listen to this constantly with a pen and paper and make notes and actually write some great questions that you can go daily to your work or daily to your, your, your own industry and actually apply them to help your clients get to the table of decisions. For those guys who's constantly supporting me and everywhere in the country I am, as well as abroad, uh, it's always nice to get that feedback, guys. You know, if you like this, this podcast, share it with family, share it with friends, share it with a colleague. Make sure to drop a comment on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, LinkedIn. I'm all over as the Rockstar Sales Coach. Ultimately, go to www.therockstarsalescoach.com and you'll also find me there. Remember, there's a million reasons to fail. But there are no excuses to. So make sure that you use sales to create a rock star lifestyle. From my side, guys, this is Frans Leroux. Cheers, cheers.